going on, y'all? Welcome back to the City Boy Rock podcast. Um, today, um, it's just going to be me. A uh, quick little um, recap of what's been going on in the NFL, particularly with the Cleveland Browns as well as um, the Denver Broncos. Um, both have had interesting seasons, to say the least. Um, and one the Browns uh, is going in the right direction while the Denver Broncos has taken a turn for the worst possible scenario um, going into um, this season um, with the Russell Wilson controversy. Um, Him and Sean Payton um, wasn't going to be a perfect fit going into the season. I think everyone knew that Um, Russell Wilson's not really the type of quarterback that really flourishes or Sean Payton um, gravitates to, um, given that, you know, he's more of a improviser and um, Sean Payton, offense usually built on timing and, um, you know, working the middle of the field, some play action, you know. Um, So we knew Russell Wilson going in isn't that style of quarterback uh, he kind of just likes to do his own thing, um, works the perimeter of the field rather than the middle of the field. I think it's pretty well known that Russell Wilson doesn't see the field as well, doesn't see the middle of the field as well, um, given his smaller stature um, as a quarterback um, and his propensity to kind of, you know, get out of get outside the pocket, get off script. Um, so, yeah, I mean – this week um, was the week of quarterbacks getting benched, honestly. It started with, I think, it started with Sam Howell, but Sam Howell is going to end up starting because Jacoby Brissett, you know, Josh Harris, um, you know, made the call, I think. Um, you know, we, we Sam Howell gives us a better chance to lose and a better chance at a higher draft pick. And there's this phantom hamstring injury that came up, and I think – Sam Howell is going to end up getting the start against the Niners, an angry Niners team that is going to, you know, going to pound us. And I'm not too mad because the more we lose, the better chance we have at, um, you know, maybe Caleb Williams. I am keeping my hopes up at this point. Um, I know it's very unlikely, but who knows, man? Who knows? We don't know what the Bears are going to do. That's why I'm low-key kind of rooting for Justin Fields to go off. Um and who knows, maybe we'll end up with Caleb Williams. Hopefully the Cardinals can secure a win for us as well. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson benched the last two weeks of the season. Um, Jared Stidham stepping in, very similar scenario to what Derek Carr went through last year on the Raiders, where Jared Stidham stepped in the final two weeks. But, you know, it's it's pretty sad to see, honestly. Um how big of a failure the Russell Wilson experiment was. Um, the full trade details. Um, Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick to Denver for Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, multiple first-rounders, I think a second-rounder and a third-rounder, which is crazy, crazy. And that second-rounder turned into Boye Mafe. Um, one of the first-round picks turned into Devin Witherspoon. So the Seattle Seahawks really reaped the benefits of that trade. 
um, two one playoff appearance um, looking towards another playoff appearance without Russell Wilson and Denver Broncos have not made it to a playoff since making that trade. Um, yeah, it's pretty insane to see that um, how this trade has turned out for both teams. Um, I don't think anyone would have thought this. Um, but yeah, I think what it came down to was if Russell Wilson had gotten injured playing these last two games, his contract would have get, been guaranteed for, I think, two more years. Um, by cutting him before March, they only take the brunt of the hit in the first season. I believe it was $39 million, something like that. Um, but definitely cutting him this year without him getting injured was beneficial, more, much more beneficial money-wise. Um, the long-term hit wasn't as big for the Broncos. So they decided, you know, he's just going to be starting his contract and he's not worth, you know, paying that money. Like that, his, the way he'd been playing this year, I think it was a lot of smoke and mirrors. He wasn't really throwing the ball deep as much. Um, A lot of, you know, screens passes behind the line of scrimmage. And, you know, it clearly wasn't working. Um, he was not the problem, but he wasn't the solution. And I don't think the way his the trajectory of his play was going, you could make that long-term commitment at that number um, for him. And I think Sean Payton was just like, yeah, I want my guys in here. We didn't, draft, we didn't tr- make the trade. Even the owners, they weren't there when that trade happened. That trade happened under the previous ownership. So I think Sean Payton just really, really wants to get his guys in. And I think if he had the choice, he probably would have done it as soon as he got there. But, you know, they couldn't just give up on the trade after shelling out that much money to him that quickly. But it's pretty sad to see because Russ, watching him in Seattle was – like he used to like if I'd be rooting against the Seahawks, he'd be striking fear um in my heart every single time because just the improviser he was, he could just get out of anything and make some Houdini magic play um on like third and twenty three. Like it was insane the things he would be able to do off script. Like I remember in that NFC championship game against Rogers, I think in twenty fourteen. Bruh. He was just at the end of the game, like he had like he had three picks going into the final few drives of that game, and he those moon balls, man, like somehow some way, Jermaine Curse or Doug Baldwin or Tyler Luckett came down with them. It was crazy, um, just the things he could do um, off script, and um, the guy he turned into in Denver was a complete shell of that, um, and I think you know. Him, I guess, quote-unquote, cooking was not the answer. But, um, yeah, I just – I really I, – I feel like he, he he kind of got exposed, I guess. Um, his deficiencies kind of got exposed as the team around him um, wasn't as good. Um, the team around him kind of de- – as the team deteriorated around him, his flaws were kind of getting more and more exposed, and that's – kind of why I think Denver just decided, you know, let's eat the penalty right now money-wise and, you know, 
maybe um, we can find like somehow look into someone in the draft, maybe a Jaden Daniels or a Penix, which I don't know if they will have a good draft position to get. Or, you know, we just we find a bridge guy for another year. And in the meantime, you know, Sean Payton can bring his guys in and, um, you know, we reset and kind of do a reboot instead of a rebuild. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know what the market will be with, for Russell Wilson. I think the Steelers are probably the best case scenario at this point, maybe the Falcons, but I feel like they could do better. They could maybe get fields or something, but outside of that, like, I feel like he's just too big of a celebrity to be a backup. And I don't, I just don't know who is going to take on, you know, all that surrounds Russell Wilson. Like for us, for Washington, I feel like we're better off drafting a young guy rather than, you know, running it back again with a guy who didn't work out somewhere like we did with Wentz and so many other quarterbacks. (laughs) Like, yeah, I don't want another retread again. I'd rather just start fresh if that's the direction we want to go in. I still feel like Sam Howell showed some things, but if you're in a position where to have a top three pick, I feel like you can't pass out pass on any of Caleb Williams or Drake May. So it's going to be a tough decision, but I don't see a, there being a market for Russell Wilson bigger than maybe three max four teams. And um, yeah, it's pretty sad to see what this um, Russell Wilson career arc has come to, but yeah. Um, Transitioning to a more happy, positive story, Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. Um, we just saw Joe Flacco pass for his fourth straight 300-yard game as a um, Cleveland Brown, and they are 4-1 and one since signing Joe Flacco. Um, yes, the competition hasn't been that great, but dude's been balling out, and he's classic Joe Flacco, you know. He going to showcase a strong arm. He's going to make some amazing throws. Um, I feel like he's been a lot more mobile than I anticipated. Um, but he's also going to make some mistakes. And luckily, those mistakes haven't really come back to haunt the Browns so far as of yet because the team has just been playing so well. And Joku has taken a step in December. Um, he's been the best tight end in the league outside of maybe Sam Laporta this, this month. Um you know, the running game, it's not as dynamic as it would be with Nick Chubb, obviously, but they stay committed. A lot of their offense is built off their run game. They love running play action, and Joe Flacco has shown that he's a really good play action passer. Um, and I feel like he's in a really great position. You know, they have some injuries on the tackles, but the inside of their line, I feel like it's very solid. Um, they've been a, doing a great job at protecting him. Very, very low sack percentage. I think the lowest of his career. So the line has been pass blocking well. Yes, they haven't been able to open holes in the run um, as much as you would like. But I think they've been playing really well. And this story is just insane. Like, I can't believe Joe Flacco just came out of nowhere and is balling out. Because, you know, after leaving the Ravens, uh, he had a stop in Denver. Didn't go too well. Started a few games here and there for the Jets. Obviously, it's the Jets, so it didn't work out that well. But 
I've always been a fan. I always thought he had a really strong arm, and he still does. Like the arm, there's like he he's like if you think about it, he still has one of the strongest arms in the league. Um, and I feel like the Cleveland Browns, the way they're constructed, the way their defense is, um, the way they are committed to the run, they have a smart offensive coach in Kevin Stefanski. He doesn't have to like do way too much, and he's shown in stretches and spurts that he can you know, pull off some heroics. And um, he's been clutch. Obviously, we saw that in their run to the Super Bowl. 4-0, one of the greatest um, quarterback runs, playoff runs we've ever seen. So, And I feel like, you know, the way he plays, yeah, he may, be, he may have lost a step or two, but um, I still feel like he can make all the throws. And, um, yes, there could be, like, you know, he, he could turn into a pumpkin at any point, but I feel like the way this offense is, the way this team is, um, I don't think he's just going to fall off, fall fall on his face like that. So the Browns are a very, very cool story. Um, and, you know, it's nice that they actually have a quarterback that you can root for instead of a disgusting pervert like, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, it's crazy. Uh, he, it, it, there is a chance that, you know, if the Browns win their first playoff game as a wild card, which I think they will, regardless of who it is, because it's probably going to be either the Colts or the Jags. And we know how banged up the Jags are, especially with Trevor Lawrence. And they have not been playing well the second half of the season. And, you know, the, I feel like the Browns could step up in against the Colts and Gardner Minshew. They already beat the Colts in Indianapolis once. I feel like they could do it again. They did it with P.J. Walker last time. They can definitely do it with Joe Flacco. There's a chance that they could face the Ravens in the divisional round in Baltimore. So that would be such an interesting storyline. Joe Flacco going back to Baltimore in the playoffs with the chance to knock them out as a member of the Cleveland Browns, that would be pretty crazy to see. So I'm excited. Um, I think the Browns can definitely make a run um, the way they're playing. Um, this defense, I think, is going to get healthy. They're going to get some guys back. I think they'll get Grant Delpit back. Um, you know, Jim Schwartz, he's shown that he's a very, very good defensive coordinator. He's coordinated a Super Bowl team in the 2017 Eagles, and I think he could do the job. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think they definitely have a shot, though. They're definitely um, AFC championships Super Bowl contenders, given that Joe Flacco can continue this play to a certain, certain extent. Um, he's going to have to be, like, good, but he, I don't think he has to be amazing for them to make a run. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, as for tonight, um, and the rest of this NFL weekend, we got two weeks, basically this week's already started in the next week in the regular season. Um, I'm going to be predicting a few of the marquee matchups this week. Um, starting off today with, um, the Lions and the Cowboys. I think, I think this has the highest over under of all the games this season at only 52, which is crazy. Cause I think the bills versus Chiefs last year had like a 57 maybe I don't know but yeah I think you know I think this is 
like the Cowboys have had a few rough weeks or these past two weeks. They're back at home against a very, very suspect defense. I think it's going to be a high-scoring matchup. Um, but I think, you know, the Cowboys seem pretty pissed off. And they're back at home against a bad defense. And this is where they feast. So I think it's going to be, you know, the Cowboys are going to control most of the game. They're going to get their yards. Dak is going to throw his touchdowns. You know, they're going to be riding high. And they're going to be able to get to Jared Goff, I think, and kind of rattle him a little bit. He is not the best when he is under pressure. And I think the Cowboys are going to be in the heat today. I think it's going to be kind of a kitchen sink-ish game because they need to get right um, before, you know, they get they go to the playoffs. Um, because next week, it's the Commanders. They're going to be – there. we already laid down. So – this is going to be a huge test for them to see if, you know, they ha- they can get their mojo back, and I think they will. And they're going to win 34-30. I think Lions get a little backdoor cover um, at the end of the game. But I think this is a game that the Cowboys know they need, and it's at home. It's, you know, Saturday night football. It's standalone game. I think they're going to fall out, and um, they're going to get a win today. Um, tomorrow we got uh, – the Miami Dolphins versus the Baltimore Ravens. I think Baltimore coming off a huge win versus San Francisco. You know, the spread is only like three and a half, three. Um, and I think they're I think they're gonna continue to dominate. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a blowout or anything, but the Dolphins, this is a road game. They're not that good on the road. No Jalen Waddle. The running backs are banged up. I think Baltimore is going to push them around a little bit. I know the Dolphins have kind of showed that they can handle some physicality. They beat the Cowboys last week, but that was at home. This is on the road. You know, the weather is not going to be terrible, but we've seen we've seen Tua in these positions, man, at the end of the year. I'm just not sure. Um, he had a great game last year against the Dolphins. I mean, it's the Ravens, but that was an early season game early in the season game. Um, and he had his weapons were healthy last year. Um, this not the case this week. Um, and I think the Dolphins win a pretty – they'll, they'll control most of the game. Um, but I think it'll be relatively comfortable. Um, and they'll win 20 to 23. Um, as for the next game, um, I think the one with most implications, I would say, um, is Green Bay, Minnesota. Um, this is going to be an interesting one um, because no TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings. They're very banged up. They lost one of their better defenders this year in DJ Wanham. Um, and, you know, I'd originally picked the Minnesota Vikings to win this game. I think you will see this in our picks post, but um, I think I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, I just feel like they're too banged up. The Vikings, they're starting Jaron Hall, a rookie, and kind of a, it's basically a must-win game. I think whoever loses this is pretty much out, barring unforeseen circumstances. I think Jordan Love is, is going to show up for this game. Um, Aaron Jones brought a different element to – you know, the Packers run game. I think they finally are getting healthier on that end. There's not going to be Christian Watson. 
Obviously, Jair Alexander got suspended, but I just don't think you can trust a rookie in this spot in his second start. He didn't even finish his first start. Um, I just don't think you can trust him. Um, he did look decent, but like it was like a quarter and a half. So I don't know if you can really. I I, I don't know if I can make a, a judgment based off you know that little of time. Um, but you know, Jair Alexander suspended um against Justin Jefferson they already are without Eric Stokes so this is like this is there's a lot of injuries I guess on both ends but um I'm gonna trust LaFleur and the Packers um to show up for this game um you know he we all know about uh Matt LaFleur's um great record in December um but yeah like as for that Jair Alexander situation I just feel like there has to be something else going on because that seemed real fishy to me. Um, He's been like in and out of the lineup throughout the past two years. And, you know, he was like on the injury report for so long. Like he missed like five or six games. Some games he showed up to, some games he didn't. He finally came back for the Charlotte game and he just decides to make himself a captain, which is, I think uh, from what I've been hearing, a huge no-no. And he made the call, and he didn't know what call he was making, so he definitely didn't know the plan going in. So, yeah, I think he was very wrong for what he did, and I guess the suspension was to send a message. I feel like if it was maybe like Aaron Jones or someone who did that, he probably wouldn't have gotten suspended. But given you know the tenuous relationship with him and the Packers over the past two years, which I think has something has been brewing with them. I think um, the suspension was probably warranted, um, and he almost messed up the coin toss. Like they, the Packers could have been starting on defense in both halves. The way he called it, he kind of got lucky that the ref gave him a little bit of leeway. But I still think the Packers will pull it off. I think Jordan Love is gonna, um, you know, in a big spot. I think he's gonna really show that he can play. Um, and I think the Packers squeak out a close one, twenty-seven to twenty-four. So, yeah, those are my picks for this week. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Happy New Year. Peace.